this movement, there was a light, sound, a universal energy forming organic tribal algorithms that spanned the globe, reaching down to its very core. something very special today, something from the East Coast this time. Um, I was combing the network and um, I found World Entertainment Agency run by Troy Cone and Greg Wood. 
and uh, they have a roster of stellar and outstanding and distinct individuals. I mean, they don't have just run-of-the-mill artists. They, they really specialize on people who really come from life and struggle and bring something to the table. Um, I ran across this dude named Derek Dialysis Simmons. He has a very compelling story. Uh, that I want to share with you. But before we get into, you know, that, I'd love to give you a few pieces of his life. He has had numerous television appearances, um, starting with BET's 106 in Park. He was a Freestyle Friday champ for three weeks in 2009. Uh, he worked on the Fabric Twins fashion show. He was on MTV's game show Silent Library, uh, MTV's Room Raider season eight opener. Uh, once again, in 2010, he was... One of BET's 106 and Park Freestyle Friday champion for three weeks again. Um, he has the Mixtape Comedy Show. He's even an actor. He's been in films such as The Salesman. Oh, no, he played The Salesman, sorry, in Bandy Tale, which was directed by Clarence William Ford. And he was the lead in The Next in Zep, Julian Tate, with Clarence Williams as well. He's been recording. He's done print work. He's all over the place. He's online. You can catch him at TFM Out Loud. He's featured Miami Life Magazine, iRep Magazine, Hypefee Rockstar, Rocks Young Stars. He's everywhere. But I just want to bring him to you, ladies and gentlemen. I bring you Mr. Derek Dialysis Simmons. How you doing? Hey, what's up? What's up? How's everything? I'm good, man. You you got a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can say that. I'm, I'm trying. We grinding yeah. out here. All right. Do you ever sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to get as much as possible. You do. You do. So, so what's going on with you right now? What's let's, let's start right now. What's going on? Um, well, first and foremost, right now I'm actually in my last semester of college. Okay, that's cool. So, that's what's up. No matter how much talent you have, you need to say that you got a degree is most most important. That's right. So, to everybody who supports me and everything knows about me acting, rapping, all that, I just want to let it be known that I'm educated as well. So Hello. Things. <laughs> I plan on things working out, but if Just that's not case. the path for God to choose for me, I do have something to back up on. I know, that's right. And what's your major? My uh, major's broadcast journalism. All right, nice, nice. So you might I, do, I, do, I actually do the sports section for my, um, my college, William Patterson University. Oh, cool. Nice. So yeah. I wanted to worry about you coming trying to get my job. <laughs> <laughs> you got your own. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. So um, let's let's go back in time now. Um, you You are from New Jersey? Yes, born. I, I was born in Newark, New Jersey, but but raised in Scotts Plains, New Jersey. That's my home, Scotts Plains. Okay, cool. And um, let's 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 get into your story. I mean, it's very interesting. I know you, you're doing your thing now, and you're very healthy. And God bless you for what you've come through. But I'd love to give, give the listeners a piece. Um, you went through something as a very young man that most uh -huh. people will never know, or sometimes they go on when later in life. And you did it when you before you were even ten years old. Yes. You know, and so let's get into that, please. Well, um, actually, uh, at the age of 10, I was, um, I woke up one mm. Sunday morning and my, my face was really swollen, mm. like out of nowhere. I was, I was a healthy child, everything was going good. Mm -hmm. I was, like I said, I woke up, my face was swollen, and, and my brother actually noticed and told my parents, so they took me to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And by the time, if you know how emergency room oh, works, yeah. by the time you, you get, uh, all your information down and everything. Right. My face had went down, so the doctors were like, uh, maybe it was an allergic reaction. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, my father wasn't really trying to hear that. Cause right. He was like, <laughs> I've never seen my son like this. Basically, he was like, 
blood and did a urine test. Mm-hmm. And he found out that the uh, protein was going straight to my urine as opposed to my bloodstream. Wow, wow. So, so from that point, uh, approximately maybe uh, a month after, I had a kidney biopsy, and they found out that I had a kidney kidney disease called nephrotic syndrome. Mm-hmm. And, and that's at age 10. Wow. Um, so I was on numerous medications. Mm-hmm. And you had no Every, symptoms though new, before that. Prior to that, you had no symptoms at all. Nothing. You're a nothing healthy guy. No kidney troubles in my um in my family. Nothing. So wow. this was a shock to all of us. Wow, wow. And you were like playing sports and you know running around the neighborhood, just doing your thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. And then and in 24 so, hours, it was like bam. Yeah. Like I said, it was it was a shock to everybody because no one in my family had ever had any kidney problems. Mm-hmm. So took us by shock we didn't we didn't know what to do at first mm. so after finding out that i had the uh, disease that i had i um i started taking numerous medications mm-hmm. and none of them were really working it would stabilize me for a little bit and then things would get worse right and by the time i reached um my junior year in high school mm-hmm. my, my kidneys had completely failed oh wow. So basically, the doctors were experimenting with you with all this medicine. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, they were trying everything. Wow. Wow. And the, uh, the doctor basically explained to me it was he drew a picture and he showed me a regular kidneys mm-hmm. and my kidneys mm-hmm. and he just drew a whole bunch of X's in my kidneys and said that all my units were scarred up. Wow. So basically, they were useless. Mm-hmm. So I, like I said, my junior year, mm-hmm. I was. Starting in February, I, I went on dialysis, and there's two types of dialysis. Mm-hmm. Hemodialysis, which goes on, you go to the hospital for about four hours, three days a week. Yes. And, and, uh, and there's also peritoneal dialysis. That's where you, you're at home. I, now, I, I'm a student in school, so I, I couldn't make it to the hospital for three days out of the week. So I just did it every day mm-hmm. for 10 hours Wow. at home. Mm-hmm. So from 8 o'clock at night till 6 a.m., my junior year, I was it was like wow. a robot, basically. Went through the day, then wow. hooked up at night. Wow. Couldn't leave my room just from eight to six. Wow. And I mean, what did that do to you? I mean, were you were you involved with music at that time, or did you have any escape at all through this no, time? No, like I'm well, as of now, I'm still an athlete. I was able to bounce back, but mm-hmm. I was an athlete back then. I, mm-hmm. I played basketball. Basketball was my main thing. I right. was fast. It was, you know, regular. A regular teenager, mm-hmm. going out, having fun, getting ready to go to college, but then, like, being that I got sick at such a young age, I felt I had to do things differently. Like, right. I couldn't go out at certain times because I had to come back and make sure I'm back at home by 8 to take my medicine every night. Mm-hmm. Then I have to watch my diet. So, so certain pizza parties, such, I wouldn't be able to eat like how I wanted to because mm-hmm. I, I was on, like, a no-salt diet. So, wow. Wow. I'll go to McDonald's, get no-salt fries, can't have ketchup, <laughs> can't, like... Oh, man. Yeah. You want to do those kid things. You want to just have fun. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Well, how was how was your family through this ordeal? How was your family? Were they were they very supportive, or were they you know depressed about it, or were they hopeful? Extremely supportive. Definitely. I'm very optimistic myself. My whole family is pretty much optimistic, and and we're a Christian family as well. So you know put our faith in the man upstairs mm. and, and everything is going to be okay. All right. I know that's right. 
can't beat that. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so during this time, coming around to the end of it, is that when you started writing your words? How did how did the words like come? After, after junior year, when I mm. went on dialysis, mm -hmm. um, they had to they had to remove my kidneys. They right. basically were toxic to my body. Okay. Most when you have a kidney transplant, most times they keep your kidneys in and you just get a new one. Mm -hmm. Mine was so toxic that they, they had, had to remove. They removed both. Wow. Okay. And I, they basically said that I didn't have time to wait on a list. So my, my family started getting tested, and luckily my father was a match. Yeah. So on July 12th, 2006, yes. I was blessed enough to have my father give me his kidney. Yeah, and what are the odds of that happening, you know? Because sometimes you can search yes. the whole family and nobody matches. That's just amazing. Exactly, because it gets so much. It's, it's blood tight, tissue yeah. tight. Mm -hmm. uh, same, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so many tests that he had to pass, and, and we were compatible with everything. So the doctor basically said I was lucky. Now, a lot, of, a lot of people don't know this, because I'm, I'm good now, still with my father's kidney, but mm -hmm. four days after the kidney transplant, that new kidney rejected. What? Yes. And, and I'm, I'm mentioning this actually in my phone life story. Mm -hmm. uh, the, I'm normally a, a patient, after having a kidney transplant, mm -hmm. after six days, you're able to, to go home. Mm-hmm. I had my, like I said, I had my transplant July 12th, 2006. Yes. I didn't get released fully from the hospital until August 26th. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. So I, after the kidney transplant, I had to have about four other surgeries and then two more just going in and fixing up things because I problem with drainage, everything. It just seemed like the doctors at one point said I had to be homeschooled and this is going into my senior year. Wow. You missed it all. Didn't want that to happen. Oh, I know that's right. Well, man, let me let me let's take a break right now and let the audience get a grasp on all this because I'm trying to get a grasp on it myself. Even though I've read it, hearing it is is a whole other thing, and I, I'm I'm like going through it with you right now. So let let let's let them hear life story, and then we'll come back with more from Mr. Derek Dialysis Simmons right after this, y'all. Check it out. It was early August 1999 Up until then I was healthy, I was fine I was 10 years old, I was happy, I was glad When Sunday afternoon I got some news that was bad We was getting ready for church, yeah we was rolling My brother came to my room and told me my eyes were swollen Yelled to my mother and father like come quick Honey is something wrong? Yeah I think Derek's sick To the hospital we went, we was there for some time We were all anxious, crazy thoughts in our minds Started talking to the doctor, it was 12.58 Couldn't find nothing wrong, thought it was something I ate My father said wait we ain't come here for nothing i never seen my son like this you gotta do something my heart started pumping they did the urine test came back with the results i got a pain in my chest they told us my protein was so high we asked them for a reason but they didn't know why from that moment on there was a change in my life two weeks later i had to go under the knife my family said everything would be okay we waited for the news and then came the day when we got the results we ain't take them with ease mr and mrs simmons your son has a disease 
disease No matter what y'all say since the day I've been a man The stuff I went through, y'all don't even understand I was 10, just about to start the 5th grade It slowed me down doing sports, basketball is what I played The pills I had to take, they gave me chubby cheeks 17 every day, 119 every week I didn't think I could put up with this for much longer My dad looked me in the eye and said I had to be stronger Out of all people, why me? I was so mad I went from being so happy to being so sad The pills increased like over 25 a day All of this in the summer, but I was fine in May I don't know if I can do it, stop it, yes you can This is what separates a boy from a man I'm in pain now, but I gotta understand This is just the beginning, God has a plan I'ma make it through the struggle, the pain, the tears I'ma do it for myself, my fam, my peers Trust me when I say I done been through it all They tried to knock me down, but I'm still standing tall When I went back to school, some would laugh, some would stare I explained to them what happened and they started to care Sometimes I would think that my life wasn't fair But then I looked at God and he made me aware He helped me get through the heartache, the pain Keep me mentally stable and helped me maintain the strength To keep taking my medicine, watching my diet Couldn't eat salt, so my parents didn't even buy it I did it to stay healthy, I wasn't a fool Next thing I knew, I was starting high school, ninth grade sucked, 10th grade was even worse, 11th was really bad, I was always with the nurse, what do I mean by bad, here's a little analysis, beginning of February I was starting dialysis, June 23rd I had my kidneys taken out, by the 4th of July I was up and about, doctors said they had good news, I thought there was a catch, then I found out me and my dad was a match, probably the best news I ever got in my life, how many can say that the dad gave him life twice, my transplant date was scheduled for July 12th, whatever I needed to to ensure I had good health, I went in July 11th, excited but nervous too I knew the doctors had to do what they had to do To tell you the truth, I wasn't even really scared Woke up in recovery, my mother wasn't prepared To see me in that pain, it kinda made her cry I looked at her, then I smiled and wiped the tears from my eyes Less than a week later, I was eating a snack Doctors came in my room and said your disease came back As soon as I thought things couldn't get worse I found out that my new kidney had a curse This wasn't an option, we all started shedding tears my Dad said, have no doubt and have no fear. The doctor said, yeah, you're gonna pull through. Treatment started every day, sometimes even two. I don't know if I can do it. Stop it, yes you can. This is what separates a boy from a man. I'm in pain now, but I gotta understand. This is just the beginning. God has a plan. I'ma make it through the struggle, the pain, the tears. I'ma do it for myself, my fam, my peers. Trust me when I say I done been through it all. They tried to knock me down, but I'm still standing tall. Tubes in my neck, my whole body was a mess. I could barely eat my food, barely get dressed. Then the day came, they took the tubes out. Deborah go on home. I was up and about. The doctors recommended that I be homeschooled, but I shook my head as soon as I heard the news. They said, I said I was going to beat it and I refused to lose My parents taking care of me, people saying they prayers for me Trips to the hospital plus physical therapy Late night visits, going to emergency Follow up appointments, a couple more surgeries It feels weird, taking a look back Knowing that I really experienced all that It's crazy, but yeah, I went through it all And I'ma be a senior in college next fall Anything is possible, that statement's undeniable I survived what they said might be unsurvivable I gotta thank 
God for giving me the glory and for giving me the chance to share my life story. I didn't know if I could do it, but look at where I stand. This is what separates a boy from a man. At first I was in pain, but now I understand that was just the beginning. God what's up, what's up? It's your boy Dialysis, kicking in with Uncle Earl. Let me just tell you how anything is possible. That statement's undeniable because I survived what they said might be unsurvival. So, so anytime someone tells you you can't do something, never count yourself out because anything's possible with, with, with your determination, your confidence, and of course with the man upstairs. Make sure y'all remember that. All right, man. That's that's nice. Now, I, you know, I'm. Man, this is so overwhelming to me. I'm still stuck myself on something. Like I said, I've read read your story, and that's uh-huh. what that's what pulled me in. But I I really want these people to really understand what you really went through. Could you really break it down to the time you heard that your father's kidney transplant was not working? Um, the funny thing is, I I found out this actually later when during the transplant surgery, which mm-hmm. is I believe it's a six-hour surgery. Mm-hmm. I, my, the kidney clotted on the table. I clotted on the table. I had had uh, previous um, notifications that I had blood clots and was on like blood thinner medication. Yes. But during the actual sur- surgery, the kidney turned gray and clotted oh, on the table. My now I didn't find this out until later because they didn't want to worry. Right. The doctors had to come in, flush it with heparin, and, and they were able to save it during wow. surgery. Wow. Then, as I mentioned right before we went to break, four, about four days later, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, a, it's a routine of being in the hospital. You know, uh, they come check your blood pressure, your temperature, make sure yes. you're good. Yes. And normally it's, it's a nurse and maybe one other doctor. Mm-hmm. But I remember I'm just getting my appetite back. I think I'm trying to eat some jello, and one doctor walks in, then, then two more walk in, then two more walk in. And you, you know, right. it's almost, it was almost like a TV. Right, right. Where's the soundtrack? <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm, I'm trying to get back my strength, mm-hmm. and I sit up, and, and then I see my my main doctor, my main doctor, and my nurse come in, and they came in last. So I look at them, them. I'm like, oh, like what's what's up? Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And and nobody says anything right away. So that's that's kind of when my heart dropped in my stomach. Right, right. So I was beating, man. And then is when they hit me with the news that there was reoccurrence of the failure back in the new kidney. Wow. Immediately, tears came to my eyes. I, I, I couldn't control it because I know what I had just went through. Right, right. Transplant, having to have more surgeries and going back in and, and then just losing so much weight mm. and so weak. So I'm thinking, like, if I didn't have time to read on the list before, mm-hmm. My parents were both tested, only my father matched. Right. What's, what's going to happen? And I, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and they, at this time, how old were you? options that I had, I could, um, there was this treat, treatment called plasmapheresis. Okay. They, now, they had had successes with this mm-hmm. uh, treatment before, but they also had failures. They said, It's like 50-50 chance, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so we took the chance, and... I went through plasma, um, plasma freezes. It's, it's almost similar to, to hemodialysis, but I said, which has to go to the hospital for. Yes. That, that type of dialysis. So I had to have that treatment two times a day. And this was rough. This was, I'd say, probably, it might be, be just as rough as the actual dialysis treatment because my body temperature dropped to about like freezing. Wow. 
like mm-hmm. like numerous blankets mm. and dried I and I shook the whole time and this was like over an hour tree. Wow. So the first time my mother saw me going through this mm-hmm. like she couldn't stop crying. Like, I'm sure. And I tell you shivering. I'm sure. Just like, oh, it was rough. It was rough. Sure but after up. Yeah. weeks of that, they said that the failure was gone. So wow. and I was So by this time, by this time you were 18. Um, I'm 17. At the 17. Time. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right before senior year. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's incredible. And man. I was able to bounce back and, and have a good senior year. Like mm-hmm. I, like I just mentioned before, I'm a senior in college now, so I was able to get accepted into the college that I wanted. And, mm-hmm. and now, now people don't just know me as Derek Simmons Jr. It's Derek Dialysis. But you can give right. an idea, you can give a gist of the situation. Exactly. In four exactly. minutes, so you know, what you can do in four minutes. <laughs> and, and I let people hear it, and they said, did you ever think about putting this to a beat? Hmm. And me, I had, when I tell you, I had really never, never thought about being in the hip-hop industry. Uh-huh. Ever. I, I knew that I wanted to act at a point in my life, I knew. Yes. Fresh Prince, Will Smith is my favorite. <laughs> Will Smith and Denzel Washington okay. are my favorite actors. All right. and, I, and I just always have that, I'll, like I said, I'm optimistic, I'm always laughing, yes. I'm, I'm a comedian. Uh-huh, uh-huh, cool. But for rapping, never crossed my mind. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with more from Derek Dialysis Simmons right after this station identification and break. Come on back. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the second half hour of The Underground Experience with me, your host, Captain and DJ Uncle Earl we're gonna go on a little ethereal trancey trip vibe right now the sounds of Mr. Anthony Alonghi he's originally from Colorado 
and moved to Long Island at a young age. Anthony played drums and bass, and after high school, he graduated from the Institute of Audio Research. He then attempted to network at several prominent recording studios in New York City, including The Hit Factory and Sound on Sound. Seeing that he was spending more time getting coffee for people than time in the studio, Anthony decided that he would rather pursue a career at the technical end of the industry, where he began apprenticing to design wiring systems for recording studios, advertising agencies, and post-production houses. This way, he could build his own studio and record his own music on the side. Anthony eventually became chief wiring engineer and consultant for Yates and Parks Consulting, a high-end, highly specialized team of engineers that design video systems for major post houses and ad agencies. All the while, his music was changing from strictly physical instrument-based to nearly all electronically based. After years of working in New York City, he wanted to break away from the fast-paced lifestyle where he could focus more on music. Anthony decided to move to Texas, where he currently lives and works on his family's beef cattle ranch, where he is teeming, learning to farm and raise livestock for food, as well as write 100% computer-generated music at his leisure. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mr. Anthony Alonghi. And we'll be returning to the interview with Derek Dialza Simmons in a moment. Ciao. Uh-huh. Ever. I, I knew 
that I wanted to act at a point in my life. I knew. Yes. Just seeing Fresh Prince, Will Smith is my favorite. <laughs> Will Smith and Denzel Washington okay. are my favorite actors. All right. And I, and I just always had that. I, like I said, I'm optimistic. I'm always laughing. Yes. Fine. I'm, I'm a comedian. Uh huh. Uh huh. Cool. But for rapping, <laughs> never crossed my mind. But when somebody told me to put it to a beat, I had one of my friends make a beat, and I put my life story poem, mm-hmm. which is now a great song, mm-hmm. as you guys heard. <laughs> yes. And, and that's, it'll, I'm far from cocky, but I'm very confident. And I doubt anyone can hear the Life Story song and not say that that's a good song. That's, oh, that's, that's a great the first song. song I ever wrote, and I think that will forever. It's a great it's song. The best song that I wrote. Yeah, and I mean, it's very, you know how some people just run on, it's very detailed, it's to the point, you get it, you see it. I mean, I can see what you're talking about when I uh-huh. listen to it, you know, so it's, you. it's on point. It's definitely on point. Definitely on point. So... To make a long story short, I, I put that to a beat, I, um, and this was around the time when the music MySpace was was the thing. Mm-hmm. So I put it on there and was getting tons of views, and, and people were like, "Oh my God, you're, you're a good rapper!" And I'm like, "I'm not a rapper. I just turn that into a song." <laughs> right. so I got so many compliments <laughs> that I was like, hmm, hmm. "Maybe let me just." Right. Maybe really, un- hip hop is, is poetry to a beat. Exactly, and philosophy, so, and philosophizing, you know, in life stories. It, that's exactly. what it is. Yeah. So I, I just, I just started writing songs, writing songs. Because, like I said, I'm, 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 at this point in time, I'm getting my strength back. I'm not, I'm not really playing basketball like I used to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going out. I'm resting, trying to get better. So I start writing, start writing. Then I get to college, I get to school, and. Uh, people, so many, everybody wants to be a rapper, everybody. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I, and then new people coming into the, the real hip-hop game, I'm like, these guys aren't, some of these guys, I think I, I could be better. <laughs> Perpetrating the fraud. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying any names that's out there. I know. Uh, <laughs> but, they um, play it, right. I can compete with some of these guys, because I, I, I talk about stuff that's real, that I'm doing. Right, right. <laughs> and and I, I'll right. be the first to admit I've, I've never done drugs. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get money, but if, if you look at the topics today, right, it, it's, it's sex, drugs, money. Right, exactly. In that order. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So being yeah. being around the college atmosphere, there were a couple people that that actually I thought were were real good lyricists. So I was like, okay, I got to step my game up. Mm-hmm. Then I remember watching TV one day with my brother, and I was a big 106 and Park fan when AJ and Free was hosting. I, I would yeah. watch yeah. watch it consistently. Uh-huh. But then when they left, I, I would still watch the Freestyle Fridays. And then then Terrence and Roxanne they started growing on me, so yeah. I, I would watch their show. <laughs> and then I saw a commercial for the Freestyle Friday auditions, and uh-huh. then my brother was like, "Yo, D, you say you're nice now. You should." <laughs> You should try out. And I'm right. like, oh, well, I, I ain't never battled. <laughs> <You're> like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, that's, that's a different element. Get on the case. Why? <laughs> uh, well, you, can't, you can't count yourself out until you try. Exactly, so, exactly. So I went, auditioned. Um, from what I know, when I went in the building to audition, there were 360 people out online. So uh-huh. I would say, um, it could have been more, but from what I know, it was 360. And mm-hmm. I placed Wow. Do you know what, do you remember what, do you remember what number you were? I was, I was um, either 68 or 69. I believe I was 68. Okay, cool. <laughs> and, and people, the way Freestyle Friday worked, the auditions were, we were all lined up outside and, and you know, you got your, your, 
you're one of these thugs out there that's yeah, trying to battle of course. all before, before <laughs> right. even going in auditions. Spending, it, like spending their money, spending the money. My talents when it's not going to count right uh-huh. now. <laughs> that's right. So there's this one kid talking so much. He's like, yo, number 68, come here, yo, I want to battle. I'm like, no, I'm good. And, you know, people start talking, oh, he rapped, but when I got in the building, uh-huh. I handled you But you were a two-time champ, two years in a row. Um, yeah. Well, when I came back in 2010, it was for the uh, wild card tournament. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so after being champ for three weeks in 09, I went back, mm-hmm. and then I um, beat Mookie Jones, and then when I got to the semifinals, I um, I lost the debatable, and if you know, Exactly. Let me let me tell you something too. And God wouldn't put you anywhere or do anything to you he didn't feel you deserved. And you served your purpose. You got the message out. You were thank there. You, you. It's recorded. It's in history now. So they can't take that away from you. Mm-hmm. You got that. That's locked down. Yeah. <laughs> that is for real, for real. So let me let me ask you this. How did you run into Troy and Greg at World, um, World Entertainment? Well, uh, Greg is Greg is my brother. Oh. Okay. Yes. Cool. Greg. Greg and. Yo, man, check so, this out. <laughs> one day, I'm, I come home from school, and, and my brother's like, I need to talk to you. <laughs> and me and my brother have a great relationship. Okay. <laughs> we talk about everything. Yeah. But it's like, he had this look in his eyes, and he's like, and, and he went downstairs, and he came back with a whole bunch of papers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he sits down at the table, and he's like, uh, me and Troy, we're talking, and we, we feel that we would like to manage you. I know that's right. I know. I know. <laughs> so, when my brother came to me and asked to manage me, I was shocked. I was like, oh, are we serious right now? Like, And he was like, yes. He was like, he just noticed the difference. I'm focused now. I'm, I'm making good music. So I was suited to the fullest. I was like, yes. 
Wow. I'm down. Like, <laughs> Where do I sign? <laughs> give, me, give me that pen. <laughs> yeah, it's like you ain't even got to ask that. I, I would love to be. I was just, I was just, that That solidified my confidence. Nice. Knowing that if, if my brother has the clients that I see mm-hmm. that are doing big things and he wants me to represent me and me be a client of his, mm. that, that I was on a new level. Uh-huh. Nice. And then when when I got management, it just things seemed to take off. That's when the, the MTV Room Raiders Silent Library appearances started happening. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. Like, now, how was that experience for you on MTV with the Raiders? Um, room Raiders. How was that? The Room Raiders was was that was my first MTV appearance. That was cool. And let me clear this up. A lot of people say, "Oh my God, it's so fake." Room Raiders is so fake. I actually got to be, uh, MTV came to my school, did interviews, and one thing I pride myself on is my personality. Uh-huh. That's why I feel I'm going to make it in the acting industry. Right. Especially. So, I got a callback for an interview, then another callback, then they wanted to come to my house. Mm-hmm. So, they came to my house, did a little in-house interview, and they said, we want you to be the opening episode of season eight for Raiders. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, <laughs> yes, let's go. And I... I was going to be the one searching the three girls' rooms. Right. <laughs> now, now, on TV, it looks staged because you have to refilm certain things. Right, right, of course. But the girls had no idea that I was coming to their house that day. They thought that they were having the in-house interview that I had. But I, but I knew already I was searching their rooms. Oh, so that. on TV, when, when you see the guy bust open the door, right. like, ah! That's real. That's because they're, they're refilming it. Okay. The first time that it happened, is the guys might have got slapped. <laughs> and then they have to tell them, no, this, they don't want them to be able to clean their room in that Right. <laughs> but, but nothing is planted in the room. Right. Nothing, like, the stuff that I found was real. I, I remember, I think my room number one had, like, a stripper pole in her room. Oh, seriously? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then the Silent Library appearance was cool. It was, it was, that's, I was on the first season of that. It, it was a Japanese game show and it came to mm-hmm. America and you got to do certain challenges. It was like a combination between Fear Factor and Jackass. Okay. <laughs> you, you, got, you had to do stupid stuff, but in the end, you were rewarded. So, okay. You know, a college you, student, I'm not going to turn that down. Oh, no, that's right. <laughs> I had book money for Right, right. You're talking about rewards? I'm in. <laughs> Well, man, you, you had such a nice, rich life, you know, amidst all the, you know, the trials that you had to go through. And I'm glad to see that you're a positive brother on the upswing and living life and, you know, doing doing well. And I'm, and yes, I, thank you. I appreciate I, that. You know, I congratulate you on that. And I wish you the best, best, best in the future. And um, let me just ask you this. What is what is your philosophy on the actual music industry right now? What do you, what do you feel about it? Um, well, a lot of people, a lot of people you ask about right now, a lot of people say it's dead. I'm, I'm not going to say hip hop's dead. Mm-hmm. I just think it's it's turned into something that it, it that it wasn't in the past. Mm-hmm. And that might not necessarily be a bad thing, mm-hmm. but some some people might not look at it because, like I said, the topics nowadays are different. Yes, yeah. I feel I feel like that's one thing that has declined. But I I feel. With me, I feel I could bring something new to the game. Mm, one, right. one, I don't curse when I rap at all. Hello. <laughs> but, but I still, I can still use the punchlines, the metaphors that Sad can use. Like, so I feel I can, I can bring a crowd. I can ten-year-olds can listen to my music mm-hmm. and say, "Oh my God, this guy's good." Whereas thirty-year-olds, forty-year-olds can listen to 
because I'm not using profanity. Right, right, nice. That's cool. So, that's cool. You know, and, and there's hope when I tell you there's a lot of things to look out for for dialysis in these next <laughs> right. coming years. All this right. year it will be big because, one, I'm about to graduate, and then I'm, I'm focused. When I tell you I'm focused, I, yeah. I'm, I got scripts right now, actually, nice. with the acting thing. Cause okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to put it like this. I love rapping. Uh-huh. I will always love rapping. Uh-huh. But I'm in love with acting. Okay. We'll be looking for it, man. We ready. We ready. You gonna you be unstoppable now when you get out get that paper. <laughs> you gonna be like, look out, get out the way. Word, word, <laughs> word. Well, man, thanks for thanks for taking this time with me today, and you know I wish you the best with your health, wealth, success, all that good stuff. And you know, um, give give a shout out to Greg and Troy from me. And if you if you get out here to L.A., you better look Uncle Earl up. If I have to come, oh, if I have to, I if I have to come looking for you, it's gonna be trouble. <laughs> all right all right man well have a have a blessed day and uh we'll be in touch okay for sure Most uh, definitely. all right man peace out take care all right ciao ladies and gentlemen that was an exclusive interview with mr Derek dialysis simmons there'll be more right after this Cause I'm everything they are Times two I'm a work hard And I'm a grind too You forgot who I am Let me remind you D-I-A-L-Y-S-U-S I'm a work hard And I'm a grind too You forgot who I am Let me remind you Scene. This uh, time I'm going solo back with no team. Yeah, your boy focus. focus. Put me on the table with any drug and I'll still be the dopest. Yeah. I'm here to be the realest. Realist. I'm here to tell the truth. I've been nice for a while, uh-huh. but here goes the proof. Uh-huh. I'm hoping you can move to this. Move to this. Chris Bridges flow. Anytime I spit, it's gonna be ludicrous. <laughs> no, I ain't new to this. Boy, I'm a veteran. Yeah. Listen to my stuff. Tell me who I ain't better than. Uh-huh. I'ma be notorious like B.I.G. Walk up in a club, they don't need to see ID. Yeah, I got a dream and I'ma go chase it. Chase it. It's money, so why would I waste it? Put on the beat, the beast can't be tamed. No. Dialysis, everybody know the name. Yeah. Do your thing, boy. Yeah, it's time to. Cause I'm everything they are. Times two. I'ma work hard, and I'ma grind too. You forgot who I am? Let me remind you. D-I-A-L-Y-S-U-S. I'ma work hard, and I'ma grind too. You forgot who I am? Let me remind you. Leave a cat speechless mm. So hot they go to other dudes like Read this man I can't believe this nah. I got so many bars My rhyme books still bends like Regis okay. I do what I love and love what I do yeah. Hip hop I'm giving all my love to you So yeah you can catch me flowing um. Or just call me a Larry Bird free throw I'm always going in now hop up on the track like a frog on a lily pad um. Now I'm in the game all the haters really mad And they can say I'm whack Cause I know my career is like a good leave I'ma stay on track yeah. I don't play on track Nah I'm way on track <laughs> There's just something about you that really turns me on. I don't remember feeling like this. It's like you got me feeling like uh oh. How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? I feel like moving. This is a special track, one of the favorites from the Underground Experience, Mr. J Dash, featuring 
another friend of mine, Miss Lara Johnston. This is Transformers. Get into it. Turn a homie to a club Glow like powder Beats like a tub If you wiggle in the middle I can turn you into sub Would you like that? Where the lights at? Turn your body to a flame Would you like that? And in the mirror Put your left Where your right at? When I put my hands on I can make it That was a little hot little track from Jay Dash and Lara Johnson. Personal performer. Transformers, the name of the game. It is time to get out of here once again, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, dang, man, I was having such a good time. But please, please, thank you so much for tuning in today uh, with me and my guest, Mr. Derek Dialysis Simmons. There's much, much more coming up next week. And please do check out our website, www.ultimateunderground.com, to stay involved in the movement, the Occupy the Industry movement, that is. Uncle Earl is joining forces with Black Angel Down and many more to come and we are coming at you and there will be more music coming from uncle earl this spring get ready for the revolution ladies and gentlemen we're going to be playing off with a buddy of mine from australia his name is rael borg and he did this little mashup thing that i think is kind of funky so we're going to get on out of here with a little bit of love will never do without you
enjoy. Have a wonderful day, evening, night, dawn, dusk, whatever you have. Just have it. Love yourselves. Love each other. Love the environment. We only have one. See ya.